Well, today we are going to continue uh, our series called A New Song. And I want to begin, we're going to get right back to that verse at the end of Psalm 139. But I want to just go back to our base text for this series, which series, which is Psalms 40 verses 1 through 3. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So we've been talking about how in these moments, uh, David got a new song. In other words, it meant that he'd come to learn something new about the living God because of an experience that he had been through. And so I've been asking you for a couple weeks now, have you got your new song yet? Have you got a new revelation from God? Is the Lord speaking to you? But again, the more important question is, are you listening? Because he is speaking to you, but are you listening? And so if you haven't got that yet, after a couple messages that we've done and what we've been uh, praying through and talking about, today's going to be even easier because today's probably going to be the easiest one. Today is going to be a new song of prayer. In other words, a new way to pray. And I don't mean like, a, like you usually get on your knees and now you're going to stand with one foot up in the air or, or, or anything like that. I, I, I mean that there's, there's many of us here in this room, um, we have a pattern of prayer and a things that we typically say, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But I want to challenge you and consider you, is there, is, is there time to maybe begin asking the Lord for something new, something different that you have not been asking for, that you have not been seeking? And so today, we're going to go through a few, I put my glasses on because we're going to be reading through quite a bit of scripture, quite a bit of uh, references in scripture today. I want to look through about four different prayers in the Bible. We'll go through this really quickly and have a song and reflection time we're going to close with before we get to communion. Um, but I do uh, want to tell you before we get into these, these verses that there's going to be a, a few prayers in the Bible that we're going to go over, but I want you to know there's not going to be anything in here for prayer to answer all of your worries, because I bet you that's, that's what many of you spend a lot of time praying, is your worries. That's more of an old song, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but we oftentimes pray all the things that we're really worried about. And I don't know, maybe you come out of those prayerful experiences with the new trust in God. Maybe you come out more worried because you, now you had to force yourself to think about these things for however long. But we're not going to talk about, although we're, we're not going to talk about the prayer for your worries, we will have a couple prayers that we'll mention that will, get, will bring perspective and new life to them when we get to the prayer for wisdom and the prayer for spiritual growth. We're not going to talk about prayers for a new job or a new house or more money, although many of you probably been praying that with the Vaximilian Lottery. Okay, we're not going to talk about uh, we're not going to talk about the prayer for more money today. Okay, whether you've prayed that one this week or not. Okay, we're not going to talk about prayer for healing for someone else's sickness. Nothing wrong with that. Something I encourage you to pray for, but it's pretty common for us that that's what we know how to pray for. So that's what we pray for. We're not going to talk about. I don't have prayers for your favorite sports team to win a championship. Although I know that's important for many of you, but they're really not in the Bible anywhere. We're not going to talk about, and this one's important, we're not going to talk about a prayer for someone else to change. 
We're not going to talk about a prayer that someone else would change because sometimes many of us spend a lot of time focusing on that when the Lord wants to redirect it, doesn't he? So today's going to be focused on you and your relationship in the Lord. And I hope through today's message, through this experience, that you get a new song of prayer. Now, again, now there's nothing wrong with any of these, but I have a feeling any of these types of prayers that you prayed these things or been praying these, and that maybe you even have a history with some of them being answered. But I bet you have a longer history of prayers like this that have been unanswered when it comes to these categories. Now, there's an old psalm by the psalmist Garth Brooks, and it comes in Psalm 151. Maybe you've heard this one before. Sometimes I thank God for to remember when you're talking to, you didn't know the next verse. Come on. The man upstairs. And just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't. Because some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. So maybe you've been praying a lot of these things for new, for a little bit more money, for someone else to change, to just praying through all of our worries, and maybe we're getting nothing. And I, so th- that's okay. It's still part of the experience. The Lord longs for relationship with us, but sometimes through unanswered prayers, the Lord gives us, maybe it's not what we want, but what we need. And so today I want to give you a few new prayers. I want to give you a new song of prayer. And these things are going to come right out of Scripture. Some things that maybe we gloss over because we often don't apply them to our life. But these are some things that I want to encourage you to begin considering. So I want to just begin uh, with a word of prayer before we jump into Psalm 139. Let's pray. Well, Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for you, that you are a God that is listening and I don't know if all of us here in this room still, still understand the power of prayer. Many of us feel like it's something we're going to give a shot at. We're going to try and maybe hope that things will change. But, Lord, you've given us your, your prayer that we prayed this, this morning in the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And there's these pieces in that that require change in us. So so prayer is more than just us asking for you for stuff, but for allowing change to happen in us in those moments when we align ourselves with your will. And Lord, today we're going to look in scripture at those kinds of prayers. The kinds of prayers that we pray when we realize that we're the ones that need to change. When we quit praying that, Lord, everything would work out for me, but, Lord, that I would be in tune with you, that I would change. Lord, do something in me because I need you more than myself. I need you more than all the things that I think that I need. Awaken us to your call today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I said I'm going to do a lot of uh, scripture today. We're going to go through four different prayers real quickly in the Bible before we get ready and prepare our hearts for communion. But um, if, you've, if you've got your Bibles, I'd encourage you to open up to these verses and follow along. But if not, uh, they will all be on the screen this morning. And this first one 
is kind of the one I had a hard time coming up with a title with. The first title I took a shot at was uh, a prayer for individual personal truth, which didn't work really well. The rest of them will, will come out really easy. But really, this is what this is. It's a prayer to stop the running. In other words, you know what God wants you to do. You know what he's speaking to you about in your life, but yet we get consumed with other things. We make other things a greater priority, and we keep trying, we keep pretending, we keep trying and running from the will of God. And this is a prayer to pray that the psalmist prayed in Psalm 139, when you are ready, when you are willing to stop the running and commit yourself to the will of God. So will you hear this morning and just receive Psalm 131. It says, For the director of music, a David psalm, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, and you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, and I'll ad-lib through some of these, and all the stupid things that I like to say, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. means you protect me. You're there with me. And you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain And so where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your right hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the sun. Excuse me. The night will shine like the day for darkness is at light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you because I am fearfully And wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. This is a new psalm for David. We come to realize that I can't run from God. As much as I try to, no matter where I go, he's going to be there. And if you're a man or a woman of faith, and you understand what he's calling you to, then... (laughs) That calling isn't going to change. It's there now. You can run as long as you want to. And guess what? It's still going to be there because he's omnipotent, omniscient, and and all present. And wherever you go, well, there you are. You're not going to run from him. You're not going to run from his revelation. You're not going to run from his work, uh, the, the plan that he has for your life. So when you're ready to receive a new song of prayer, and maybe some of you need to hear that today. You can stop the prayer. You can, you can pray a prayer to stop the running. I'm done trying to run away from you, Lord. I'm ready 
to obey. The next one we're going to find in 1 Kings 3, 7 through 9. This interesting, we call this a prayer for wisdom because there's this interesting guy in in the Bible. Anybody know who King David's son was? You can take a shot at that one. The next king of Israel, Solomon. David's son, Solomon. Solomon is an interesting guy because he, he was the king of Israel, and Israel's, what most Bible scholars would agree, was Israel's heyday, meaning their time at the peak, the time when they may have been the most dominant, the richest nation in the world at that time. King Solomon was their king. And David paved the way, but his son Solomon got to embrace the riches of it. And Solomon started off really well. And I'm not going to talk about how the rest of the story went. Uh, things got, Solomon got really strange, and just as many people do when they get a lot of wealth, when they have a lot of stuff. And Solomon had a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. And he, he started to lose it a little bit. And many, many scholars say the scripture even says that he began to go mad in his late years. But in the beginning, Solomon started off really strong. And it had a lot to do with this simple prayer that has been passed on from generations because this is the attitude that King Solomon had when he began to reign in Israel following his father David. Here's what Solomon prayed. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen a great people too numerous to count or to number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? What a humble prayer to begin. It wasn't the attitude that now I have been given this opportunity. Now I've got all these plans for our country. And now I am going to do great things. And people will say my name and I will be revered and I will be great across the nation. It's not at all what Solomon is saying. Solomon is saying, I need help. And that prayer can be prayed over any situation in our life. I don't think any of you are getting ready to rule a nation. But many of you have a family. Many have a home. You have other people that live in the home with you. Many have a lot of things in your life going on and maybe different transitions. And this prayer that Solomon prayed is a lot like King Jehoshaphat prayed. In 2 Chronicles uh, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12, when Sennacherib and, and, and Jehoshaphat, the, another army was coming in to, to basically terrorize Israel. Wonderful prayer that King Jehoshaphat prayed. He simply prayed, On behalf of the nation, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What a great way to start our day sometimes. I don't know what to do, Lord, but my eyes are on you. I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. I need your power. Just the simple humility to say, I need help. The next one we're going to find in Jonah chapter 2, verses 2 through 9. It tags along a little bit with Psalm 139. When we're done running, we're ready for obedience. We're ready to do what we know is right, what we know we're supposed to be doing. And I love this story about, I've t- talked a little bit about Jonah even in recent weeks because Jonah's, 
Jonah's a, a, a prophet, a, a minor prophet in the Bible that you can read that it's actually a, a story that's being presented to you for you as a man or a woman of God to come to the end of that book and make a decision. And that decision has a lot to do with the fact that God does things in this world that maybe do not have your approval, that you would not approve of, that he lets happen. In other words, I'm God, he's saying to Jonah, I'm God, you're not. Are you going to be okay with that? Can you come to terms with the fact that there are some things that are bigger than you and that my will is even more significant than you and you're not going to understand all those things? Jonah, can you live with that? That question doesn't get answered at the end of the book of Jonah. Um, It's left, that question is left to Jonah and it's left to you and I also to consider for our own lives. Now, but what happens before, you guys know about Jonah and the story of the big what? See, you got it wrong, and I think I got it wrong last week. It does not say whale in Scripture, church. It says fish. That's right. So blasphemers who tear your clothes, this is ridiculous. We're in church. we gotta, we got to quote Scripture, not, not whale we heard from some Sunday school class because it makes more sense, right? I'm just kidding. But, yeah, it says Jonah and the big fish. So you know the story of Jonah. Maybe you remember the story of Jonah. Jonah gets called to go preach to Nineveh. Well, Jonah hates Nineveh. Everybody hates Nineveh. Nineveh, they're the Assyrians. They like to take uh, their, not just, not just uh, Israelites, but anyone that is, that is in opposition to him. They like to put people in cages and find all these different ways to torture them. Great people, the Assyrians and the Ninevites. Um, really sick, twisted people, and nobody liked the Assyrians because they, they didn't just come and take over your land. They, liked, they, they went all the way. They embarrassed you. They humiliated you. Uh, they tortured you. They were just, nobody liked the Assyrians. And when you've got the Assyrians, Jonah equivocates that quickly to evil. And God is telling him, go preach to the Ninevites. <laughs> and I don't know, I can't get in, my, in what goes on in Jonah's head in, in this story. You can try to, it's, it's, a, it's a good study. But there's, Jonah does not want to do it. Whether he wants, doesn't want to do it because he's scared. As a Bible student, I don't really see that. I think he didn't want to do it because he knew what was going to happen. Because if God's telling him to go preach to them, then God's about to do something in Nineveh. And you guys remember the story? Did God do something in Nineveh? Yeah, they did. He, they did. he did. They all repented. They all repented and believed in the one true God. And then Jonah doesn't walk away from that story in all of God and what he did. He walked away angry. I can't believe you saved the Ninevites. What a jerk you are. Have you seen these people? And so Jonah's having this moment. This is when he's um, in the belly of the fish and coming out. Basically, this prayer is stated in the belly of the fish. And this is a prayer that Jonah says. Let's get into this. Jonah 2, verses 2 through 9. He said, in my distress, this is when he's, he's, he was in the water. He basically got thrown over the ship and was left to drown because he told the people he was on the ship to. He sailed away from, uh, he, was, he was supposed to go to Nineveh. He went in the opposite direction on a ship sailing in the opposite way. And that ship begins to get stormed and they're about ready to sink. And Jonah knows what the problem is. He says, I'm on the ship. I'm the problem. I'm not supposed to be on the ship with you. You need to throw me in the water so you survive. And sure enough, he got thrown in the water. And this, so when he talk, starts talking about in my distress, this is what he's referring to. He says, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. 
You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me, and I said, you have, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains. I sank down, and the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good, and I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. So Jonah, in this moment, is committing to do what he knows God wants him to do. And so let's, let's be true to the context of this scripture here. Jonah is saying, I will do what I know the Lord wants me to do. The true context of this scripture is Jonah not doing that necessarily with a full willing heart. He's doing it because he knows he's supposed to. And church, sometimes we need to pray a prayer like that. Hey, I know this is what I need to do and I just need to do it. I may not feel like it. I may not feel like forgiving them. I might not feel like being polite to them. I may not feel like reaching out to them. But I know, Lord, that this is what you want. And maybe if I keep praying, maybe if I keep seeking you, maybe eventually I I will feel like it. But right now, I'm doing it because I know what is right. Church, have you ever thought about how many daggone times our pathetic feelings keep us from doing the will of God? Oh, I don't feel like it. I just not in the mood. And all of the things that keep us from doing what we are supposed to just because we don't feel like it. That's why a prayer like this is in the Bible. And that's why some of you need to begin to pray that prayer. Lord, I know what is right. I'm going to do it. I don't care whether I feel like it or not. I'm tired of my feelings manipulating my day, manipulating my week, my month, my life. I'm going to do what I know is right. I don't care if nobody else does it. I don't care if there's no other examples around me. I'm going to do what I know is right. That's a good word. And someone needs to receive that today. The prayer of obedience. And the next one. This is the last one. In Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. Now this is a powerful one. This one's, this one's New Testament. And this is a prayer for spiritual growth. Now, this certainly is something that Paul in Scripture was praying over the church in Ephesus, which is really meant to be a circular letter. So, in essence, you could say he's praying this over them, but he's also praying this over you. And you can certainly pray this over your own life, but something that you can pray over someone else as well. At the end of the day... When we come to prayer, we often have a long list of things that we want. We have a long list of things that we hope happen. And at the end of the day, sometimes we need to throw our list out the window and stop, saying, and stop being so consumed with all the things that we want and get to a prayer like this and recognize the things that we really need. Paul, I believe, 
nails that for us here in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. We might even read through this one twice so we can kind of pray it over each other. Tell you what, as we read this, I want you to do this. Just extend your hand forward just in a way as you're praying over everyone in this church. Let's don't just let these be words on a page. Let's actually pray this one together, okay? Extend your hands with me. Just pray this as you're praying over each one of the church. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, I love this, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You were created to be made whole, to have all of the living God in you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And everybody said, Amen. Mouthful that Paul prayed for you. This is the prayer that we pray when we're ready for spiritual growth, not financial growth, not social growth, not personal growth, for spiritual growth, when we're ready to say, Lord, give me what I need. I'm ready to pull aside from all the things that I want. And Lord, my prayer is that you are able to give me what I need. Great prayer for you to pray over anyone in your family, your spouse, your your grandkids. And speaking of that, we're going to conclude today with a time of reflection before communion. You know, for a prayer to be a prayer, uh, be a new prayer can be in contrast to an old prayer. For a prayer to be a new prayer can come without much history at all. Because for many of us, just making a habit of prayer can be a new thing for us. And this song is uh, a song that's going to allow us a time to reflect, and, and, and especially on this Memorial Day. Maybe even thinking about those who have gone before you, those who influenced you, who placed a high value on prayer in your life. Whose shoulders that you're standing upon today. As much as we want to talk and make a message about a new song of prayer and praying uh, something new, my real simple word to you is, Please pray. Please make prayer a, a priority, a, a, an incredibly significant part of your life. And so today, uh, we had a couple ways we were thinking about doing this. I wanted maybe first, I just wanted to put all the lyrics on the screen so you could hear the see the lyrics for what they were. But while you listen to the song, but we thought it, it, it just was better to show the YouTube video of the guys who wrote this song. It's a bunch of young twenty-somethings just just gathering together, loving God. And today I'd like to try for you to listen carefully to the verses, because the verses are really good. And then when they get to the choruses and the bridges, we'll, we'll sing those along. I'll try to lead you uh, with, with the microphone when we get to the song. But this is just a time of reflection. I want you to listen to these lyrics as we prepare ourselves uh, for communion. This is going to just take, it's about to be about a seven-minute video, just a time together just to worship as we prepare our hearts and consider our own new song of prayer.
There's no bad time to start. It don't have to sound pretty. Just tell them what's on your heart. Cause it's not a religion. Cause it's more like a friendship. So just talk to your father. Like you are his kid. Start talking to Jesus. Just start talking to Jesus. Cause you can talk to Jesus. Oh, whenever you like. Just start talking to Jesus. Just start talking to Jesus. Just keep talking to Jesus. The rest of take a few moments and thank you for those that have gone before us in our life. Thank you that we have a God that is present with us that we can draw near to at any moment. And now in our point of communion, Lord, there we, we, say, we say a prayer that's found at the end of Psalm 139, a psalm that was prayed before we began service this morning. Search me, O Lord. And know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, we thank you. That you are a God that draws us back to you. That keeps inviting us back to the table. That in our moments when we try to run. In our moments when we try to be disobedient, in our, in our moments, Lord, when we fall short because we lean on our own understanding instead of your wisdom, in our times when we're more consumed with other priorities in our life rather than spiritual growth, Lord, your power, your spirit, you bring us back to the table. So now, Lord, we thank you for the privilege to come to your table. In Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I want to invite you to 
prepare your elements for communion, and that just is a fancy way of saying pull the plastic off of your, off of your cups here. And uh, as you're doing that, I just want you to know, I know these things can be a little clunky, and if you would spill something or drop something, please don't think that that means anything significant. We've got plenty. We'll give you something else. The Lord is not going to strike you because you, you spilled some of the grape juice in the cup, okay? Accidents happen, but, but we do ask that this would be a time of reverence, a time when if you can put Psalm 139, uh, Nick, up there, Psalm 139, the last two verses of it that we, we began in the beginning of service with, I want you to just take 30 seconds here and use that psalm we just prayed again as your point of reflection. Search me, O Lord. Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you for your life. We thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you that today we can have access to your sustenance. We can have access to your presence. We can have access to your power. We thank you, Lord, that you have done all the the hard work but now it is ours to be intentional. It is ours to receive your life today as we partake of the bread together. It would be our intentionality to, pers- to partake of the life of Christ. Let's partake together. In the same way, After supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord, we thank you for your blood. Your blood is a symbol and a reminder of what you have done for us. And it's a reminder that we must keep dying to ourself so that new life can come forth in us, new spiritual growth can come forth in us, obedience can come forth in us, wisdom can come forth in us. And Lord, your power can come forth in us. We thank you for your blood, Lord. We thank you that you did not see life as a sword, as something to be fought for. You saw this life as a cup, as something to be received. Today, as we partake of your blood, may we receive the will of the Lord for our life. Let's partake of the cup together. Let's pray. Lord, as we conclude communion this morning, I'm thinking of all the different churches that do this in different ways. 
and some and revere it in different ways. To some, it may mean something a little bit different. But Lord, when you, when you said this to your disciples, and you said, do this in remembrance of me, you were saying, you were remi- telling them to be reminded of who they are. But as they're saying, come back to the table, they're also saying, come back together. Come back together as the church. Come back together as my disciples. Come back together and remember, remember as it is this Memorial Day. Remember who you are. Remember that you need each other. Remember that this story is not over. That you are part of something in this moment. Remember who you are. And remember that I am with you. So, Lord, we thank you for that word this morning because it's a word that should draw us to prayer. A word that should draw us to a new song of prayer, to a greater desire for intimacy with you. A greater desire to just meet you at at any point in our life. As the song said, you know, you you can pray to him whenever you like as a son talks to the father. Thank you, Lord. For being the God that is our Emmanuel, a God that is with us. May we as the church of Christ draw near to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you at this time to stand for your benediction. I want to thank you so much for coming to today. I shared a few announcements. Still need some. If you're interested, helping us out with greeters, and, and we do have the, the offering plate in the back as well. But for your benediction, as you allow the Spirit of God to birth a new song of prayer in you, may you know this love that surpasses all knowledge and be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And now, unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can all ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And all of the church said, Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.
having God in your life And yeah, I know she was right Yeah, my mama was right Cause now I'm talking to Jesus She got me talking to Jesus She got me talking to Jesus Yeah, my mama was right Cause now I'm talking to Jesus Yeah, I love talking to Jesus 